Thanks for listening to the Mornings with Carmen LaBerge podcast, made available thanks to support from listeners just like you. Encouraging you to live as an ambassador of God's kingdom in the world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. If we're gonna fly, we fly like eagles. Arms out wide. If we're gonna fear, we fear no evil. We will rise. By your power, we will go. By your spirit, we are bold. If we're gonna stand, we stand as giants. If we're gonna walk, we walk as lions. Hey, what's written in the margins of your Bible? Um, you know, those marginal notes that you're making in your Bible, what's written there? What provokes you to write something in the margin of the Bible? How many Bibles have you written marginal notes in over time? I'm thinking about, um, a really big NIV study Bible that I had when I was in high school and then throughout college and the marginal notes that has in it. And then I'm thinking about, um, when I went to seminary. The uh, the copy of the then NRSV, which was the new revised standard version, which was brand new at the time, and the the version of that that is not only does it have marginal notes, but I had to tape it back together a few times because it wasn't a very high quality Bible in terms of how it was um, uh, how it was printed or put together. Um, and and then after that, I am thinking about a black leather NIV that, um, but I like the the 80s version, not the more contemporary one, um, and the marginal notes that that has in it. And then I am thinking about the literally brand new, just out of the package ESV that um, that I have now that I've just started this past Sunday. This past Sunday was the first time I wrote a marginal note in this new Bible. And I'm thinking to myself, um, why do I do that? Like, what's my motivation? And who do I anticipate is going to read those marginal notes? And you may say to yourself, well, no one is going to read the marginal notes in my Bible. I want you to imagine that you are living in the eighth century and that you are blessed to have your hands on a Bible in the eighth century. <clears throat> We're talking about a guy who died in 735. His name is Beatty. And on his deathbed, Beatty translated the Gospel of St. John into Old English. It was the first time that a Western vernacular language other than Latin had been used to record any part of the Bible. So Beatty had um, codexes of both the Old Testament and the New Testament. So he knew both Hebrew and and Greek, which was unusual at the time. Not very many people knew Greek in the 8th century. And I want you to imagine that uh, today we're reading his marginal notes. Just think about that for just a second. This is a guy who died in 735. That's 1,300 years ago. He could not have ever imagined that you and I would be reading his marginal notes in his version of the Bible, his copy of the Bible. Um, And so you might say to yourself, well, I wonder what he highlighted. Pause right there. Because Beattie is actually the guy who invented what we now call highlighting. 
just think about that for a moment. I mean, you didn't have like a highlighter like you and I have where we can highlight something on our phone and click it and it turns bright yellow or whatever color we want. Um, or, you know, the the markers that let us highlight pages without it bleeding through to the other side. He wasn't blessed with all of these technological advancements for highlighting. No, but he invented highlighting. He would, um, in the margins, because we now know, because we're reading his marginal notes, he was marking up his Bible with these little zigzag lines that look like lightning flashes, um, indicating that he was quoting, uh, that he was reading, like in the New Testament, something that was quoted from the Old Testament. And so he would make that marginal note of where in the Old Testament that appears. I do that too. Do you? It's one of my favorite things to do. is to um, make those connections where Scripture is testifying over and over and over again to the same things. So anyway, what are you writing in the margins of your Bible? Who do you anticipate reading those marginal notes? And what if somebody read them 1,300 years from now? That would be the year 3323. Mm -hmm. Would your marginal notes make sense 1,300 years from now? I'm so thankful that the Bible has been faithfully transmitted generation to generation. What a gift. So I'm just thanking God today for my fellow uh, brother in the faith, Beatty. Next up, we're going to talk with John Plake. He is the Chief of Ministry Insights from the American Bible Society. He loves the Bible too, the B-I-B-L-E. That's the book for me. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. We'll be right back. John Plake is back with us today. He's the Chief of Ministry Insights from the American Bible Society. You have absolutely got to check out what they've got going on um, in this latest dispensation of their insights from their 2023 report. So, John, um, remind us about the State of the Bible report, and um, and then we'll focus in on, on this new release of Chapter 5. Good morning, Carmen. Thanks for having me back. Uh, We have just released our 13th annual State of the Bible survey, and uh, the latest release focuses on Generation Z, and and we'll get to that a little bit more in a few minutes. But uh, it is a, a wonderful way for us to just track everyday Americans' beliefs and practices and interactions with God's Word and help us understand where there are better opportunities for those of us who love God's Word, like the Venerable Bede that you were talking about earlier and others. <laughs> oh, maybe uh, it's not just, Beady. It's Bede. B-E-D-E. Depends on whether you speak Old Bede. English or not. Mm. Bede or Bede. We'll have to ask mm. my daughter. She's the expert Bede. in Old English. But, I like uh, Bede. Yeah, Let's go with that. We'll, We'll go that way. It sounds like Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, talking about it, but <laughs> at oh, any rate. Totally unrelated. Today is Speak Like a Pirate Day. I just, I, only because you, yeah, anyway, I'm so sorry. I have become you gotta, distracted. You got to love get these it, great. Please get us back these on track. great days. All right, we'll get back on track. <laughs> so uh, this year, you know, we were kind of hoping we would see America bounce back in their relationship with the Bible. We really went through mm. a rough patch through COVID-19 and some significant downturns in overall scripture engagement. And unfortunately, what we see is shaping up to look more like a trend than a blip. And there has been a disengagement from Scripture that is really broad-based and across the United States, and it really highlights for us the need for those of us who love God's Word to re-engage with our neighbors and tell them why it is that we love God's Word and the difference that it's made in our lives. Okay, let's talk about the way we're defining engagement. I think I am a Scripture-engaged 
person, how would I know that? Well, there's not a really simple, straightforward way to come at this, but let me just explain that to be scripture engaged, you need to be consistently interacting with the Bible, which I think you are, Carmen, um, and to do that in a way that you allow scripture to shape your choices and really to transform your understanding of yourself and others and God so that your relationships are colored by God's word. So it's that consistent interaction. For some people that's, you know, they're reading the Bible once a week or more. Many of us are reading the Bible every single day, um, but it's a continuum and we are all on a journey with God and with God's word. And so wherever you are, my encouragement to you would be, uh, develop a habit of consistently interacting with God's Word, whether you're reading it or you're listening to it or whatever way you want to interact with Scripture, and allow it to begin to shape and form your life. So if you're listening right now and you um, you want to be more Scripture-engaged, one of the things that is in this release from, um, from the American Bible Society uh, in this particular state of the Bible Report, which you can download for free um, at stateofthebible.org. I don't have an dot .org, that's correct. Mm-hmm. Stateofthebible.org. Um, one of my favorite things about this is this section um, on the pathway of Scripture engagement. So I, I love that. I love that you've included that in here um, because it invites us to like recognize these milestones that would mark a journey with God through the Bible and it gives us a pathway. So thank you for that, John. That's really quite a gift. Well, thank you for highlighting it. It has been a labor of love. A lot of really bright people were involved in developing the pathway of Scripture engagement, and you can find it there. And and really, for each of us, I think it's our opportunity to look at that pathway, to look at the information that's in the report, and ask the question, where am I, and where is God calling me to be? So we're going to um, talk here in just a moment about what John Plake and the rest of our friends at the American Bible Society learned during their State of the Bible um, here in the United States of America 2023, what they specifically learned about Gen Z. So um, what what do you think when you think about young people, 18 to, let's say, 26? Do you think they describe themselves as Scripture engaged? Do you think that they would describe themselves as having lives that are transformed by the Bible and its message? We'll find out next here on Mornings with Carmen. 150 million people, 150 million people actively use one particular app every month in the United States of America. I want that to be the Faith Radio app. How about you? If you're wondering how you could be encouraged in your faith at any time, anywhere, Well, I got good news for you. There's literally an app for that. You can listen to Faith Radio Live, any show on demand, no matter where you are at any time of the day or night. Download the free Faith Radio app right now. It's super easy. Just text the word app to 877-933-2484 and click the link. Let's connect faith to life. John Blake is here. He's the Chief of Ministry Insights from the American Bible Society. You can find what we're talking about today at stateofthebible.org. You should be downloading the ebook. It's free. It's got all kinds of great insights. It will provoke wonderful conversations, um, not only with other Christians, but generation to generation. It's going to give you some questions that you can ask 
um, not only of yourself, but of others. And, and it'll get you into conversations today um, that platform not only the Bible, but the things of God. So it really is. It's quite a gift. So take us into the report, John, and tell us what you learned about Gen Z. Well, Carmen, for those who might not be familiar with Generation Z, today uh, we do research on only adults. And so we're looking at those who are 18 to 26 years old. The rest of that generation, it goes down to age 11. And so we're looking right now at what we call a half-tribe, right? Uh, so this adult half-tribe of Generation Z kind of has a younger half, those are 18 to 21-year-olds, and then the older half, 22 to 26-year-olds. And what we found is the big news is that really, although fewer adults from Generation Z are engaging in the Bible than we've seen before, I guess the good news is that most of them are still interested in what the Bible has to say, and they see value in the message of God's Word. And so I think there's a real window of opportunity for us to help this generation connect with biblical truth and help it be a guide for their lives. Yeah, that um, I found particularly interesting as well. Um, they are curious, they are interested, they are open. Um, and so, you know, it's a matter of those of us who are interested in being a bridge um, to those conversations, like us entering in, leaning in, uh, and they want that too. They they want relationships with more mature people. And so we should, we should lean into that desire as well. Um, you also explore this, uh, what I will describe as the good life. I mean, everybody wants to live the good life, but um, how does our engagement with the Bible influence or impact, well, our well-being and our experience of the so-called good life? Absolutely. We really partnered with some wonderful scholars from Harvard University's T.H. Chan School of Public Health who developed a scale or a measurement system called the Human Flourishing Scale. And flourishing is really that good life that you're talking about. It's having meaning and purpose. It's having strong and healthy relationships. It's having really a holistically um, solid sense of well-being about everything that we do. And one of the fascinating findings of the State of the Bible research, we have a whole chapter on this, is that people who consistently engage with God's Word are actually flourishing at higher levels than anybody else that we've been able to measure across America. And that's also true for Generation Z. You know, the Pew Research Center has pointed out that Gen Z uh, really does face some, some serious challenges when it comes to their mental and emotional health, and they're the least religious generation in America. But where we've seen them express curiosity about Jesus and the Bible, that's a good thing. But we've also noticed that when we look at Gen Z, uh, people who are engaged in God's Word, who are really actively pursuing God and have a relationship with Scripture, we found that their levels of human flourishing are way higher than the same age cohort. So while their neighbors are struggling and their classmates are struggling and their coworkers are struggling with their mental and emotional health, um, they are much healthier when they're engaging in God's Word. And that is, I think, a great message of hope that we have to offer to this young generation of Americans. Um, now I'm going to ask the super selfish question. Is that okay? Go ahead. <laughs> Next week is our fall fundraiser here at Faith Radio. And you learned some things about um, people who are scripture engaged and philanthropy um, or giving to causes that they believe in and serving in ministries that are meaningful to them. I know it is a look ahead. It's a couple of months out. 
Um, but my guess is you already know what you're going to tell us about about giving and and scripture engagement. So you want a sneak peek of our November release? Totally, is that what you're asking totally. for, Carmen? That's totally what I'm asking for, and I told you it was selfish in advance. You know, the wonderful thing about people who listen to Faith Radio and others who are deeply engaged with God's Word is, no surprise, they are the most generous people in America. They love to give uh, because God has given so freely to them. And one of the things that we find is that they tend to give most generously to ministries and organizations that are local, that are right nearby. Uh, so the radio station that is bringing them faith radio, those are the places that they want to be able to give. They want to see other people be blessed by those ministries as well. And we're not the first ones to, to study this either. There's been plenty of research uh, in the area of philanthropy, Indiana universities done a lot of this. Harvard University has done a lot of this. And basically, they say the most generous people in America are in church on Sunday morning. And they're not just giving to their local church, but they're also giving to other ministries and other philanthropic efforts that share uh, really the blessings that they have received, and they make them more widely available to others. Hmm. I know you can't test this, but I bet the most generous people in the world are listeners to Faith Radio. That's been, that's been my experience. There's no way I'm going to argue with you about that, Carmen. I, I bet they are doing wonderfully. But if you ever do want us to test that, I bet we could figure out a way to do it. Uh-huh. I bet you could. It would be fascinating. Um, you know, and one of, the, one of the realities, John, is that, you know, in addition to, yes, having a growing number of actual radio signals um, across the country— we have listeners in in well over 100 countries around the world, and obviously they're not listening in places where there's a physical radio tower. They are listening um, because digital media has made it possible for Faith Radio to be literally everywhere, available to everyone all the time. And the only way that that's possible is because people who do live in places where there's an actual Faith Radio radio tower – gave gifts in the past that made it possible for us to say yes when God said, hey, come over here and do it this way, do it digitally, so that this messaging, the good news of the gospel, can go forth everywhere to everyone all the time. Um, and so I do think that this this idea, this understanding of ourselves as conduits of blessings, um, you know, we are in this flow of God's generosity. He has given to us so generously, and so we give to others. Um, I do think that is a biblical worldview test. Like, I do think that you can ask somebody um, about things um, and resources, material resources, and you can actually know a lot about how Scripture engaged they are, how much the Bible has actually influenced the way they think and live. Absolutely. I think the Bible comes alive in each one of us, and we live out our faith before a watching world, before our neighbors. You know, as we talk again about Generation Z, uh, we've talked about the fact that they're open and that they're curious about the Bible, but the truth is they're also somewhat skeptical uh, by nature. As a, as a cohort of people, they're slow to trust organizations and organized religion. 
but they're not openly hostile to faith the way maybe some other generations have been depicted. And so our State of the Bible research shows that we've got this group of young, curious people who are looking for ways to understand God and his word. And they really do that through your listeners. They do that through all of us uh, who are attempting to serve God. I, I think one of the fascinating things was just asking Gen Z, if you were invited to do something, something kind of Christian, would you be open to that invitation or wouldn't you? And the biggest response that we saw among non-Christians was they'd be willing to eat a meal in a group where biblical issues are being discussed. Nearly one in five, about 18%, said, yeah, I'd be willing to do that. I'd be willing to sit down and have a meal with you and talk to you about faith. And when you look at people who are in Gen Z, but they aren't practicing their faith, um, now we've got like I call it the chosen effect, right? They're, they're maybe not going to go to church with you, but they'd sit down and watch the chosen with you, or they would go to a concert with you, or they would tune into a radio program with you. Um, they're willing to, you know, stream a church service. They're looking for our invitation to understand better how God has impacted our lives. And I think when we're generous with our story and when we're generous with our resources, we can make a huge impact on this youngest generation of American adults. All right. Researching the chosen effect is a great idea. And there's probably funding out there for that. So I'm going to look forward to that that research study. John, as always, it's a delight to catch up with you. We love what you do. We hope you'll come back before the end of the year um, because we, we want to continue this conversation and get more engaged with the, with the scriptures. So that's John Plake. He's the Chief of Ministry Insights at the American Bible Society. We've been, um, we've been talking about the State of the Bible 2023. You can find it at stateofthebible.org. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. September is uh, the month during which we focus in um, on suicide prevention. And so I want to um, remind you that 988 is always available. Um, But we also want you to know about the Hope Line. And the Hope Line is distinctively Christian, Um, and it is available 24-7 all the time. Um, And so if you need hope, we want you to know about the Hope Line. Uh, Jennifer DeYoung is going to join us next um, from the Hope Line. I have a uh, a Hope Line encouragement because, so this ministry, Jennifer may not even know this, but uh, years ago when I didn't yet have a home studio and needed to be broadcasting, um, I actually broadcast from the same location that the Hope Line is located. So back in back in the day, it was Dawson McAllister's ministry center, and um, they had these empty radio studios. <laughs> and so they graciously gave me a key, and that's where I broadcast uh, the show from for a period of time. So um, I owe uh, much to my friends at the Hope Line, and I want you to know about them as well. So Jennifer DeYoung will be here in just a moment. Um, there is hope and there is a line to connect to um, if you're needing it. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. If you go to thehopeline.com, you won't be there very long before a chat pops up. Um, and it, you are immediately offered a an opportunity to live chat uh, or to chat live with a hope coach. Um, and so we're talking with Jennifer DeYoung. 
She works with The Hope Line, and you can find what we're talking about at the thehopeline.com. Jennifer, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Thank you so much, Carmen. Great to be here. It's wonderful to have you. So we know from the CDC and other sources that suicide is, I think, now the second leading cause of death for teenagers and young adults ages 10 to 34. That is your um, target um, audience as well. So tell us about the Hope Line. Yes, thank you. So the Hope Line is a um, faith-based crisis chat line. So kind of the faith-based alternative to the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, which is 988 or other such resources, which are wonderful resources. And we're so glad they're there. We all need to be involved in this work, but we're the faith-based alternative. We really do um, meet kids where they're at, in whatever their crisis is, we get to minister to them. We get to deal with their felt need. If it's a suicide reason that they're chatting with us, we're all trained in suicide prevention. We know how to de-escalate a situation and deal with their crisis in the moment. But the mission at the Hope Line is to meet kids in their crisis and point them to Christ. And so we have also the opportunity to pray with them and to share our hope in Jesus with them. So I have the uh, the Hope Line up. Um, on my screen. And again, it's thehopeline.com. And the chat populated almost immediately as soon as I logged onto the website, you know, and I was invited um, to chat. And now uh, the longer I linger without clicking on something, the more options populate. Like you're really Mm -hmm. seeking to, um, you know, um, you're inviting me to engage directly with a coach, but you're also allowing me to search for help by exploring a topic that might come to my mind. Um, there's a video that I could watch before I chat, um, and um, and there's uh, then this topic list if I couldn't think of anything to put in the search bar myself, right? Like all kinds of entry points to the conversation. First of all, I really appreciate that. Um, what's the genius of a chat line? Like it's not a it's not a hotline that people are calling and talking with someone. It's it's chat. This is this is uh, this is on the keyboard or with my thumbs. Yes. Well, you know, we find um, that the chatting allows it to be even more anonymous, right? And Mm -hmm. more like not putting yourself out there so much if you're really afraid of this. Like, I can test it out. I can test the waters. I can see if these people are nice. And um, and it's also what kids, um, you know, our target audience, as you said, is 13 to 29, 34-year-olds, kind of in that range. And um, it's what it's where they are. We used to do phones. We used to have phone lines and we used to have hope coaches. We've been around for 30 years doing this. And so, you know, we used to be on the phones answering calls and all of a sudden the phones weren't ringing that much, but we had also introduced live online chat via our website. And that was blowing up because that was obviously where the kids wanted to be. And so we're trying to meet this generation where they are, how they like to communicate and also making it very safe for them. It's very anonymous. It's very, um, it's just easy to do, easy to connect, easy to try us out and see um, how we'll how we'll converse with you. What are you hearing? What are your hope coaches hearing from mm-hmm. young people um, who who engage on the hope line? Yeah, I would say that our top issues that um, we talk about on the hope line is 
definitely mental health issues, so much depression, so much anxiety, so much trauma that kids have had in their past that they end up talking to us about, um, definitely suicidal ideation. Um, but then beyond that, just everything that anybody deals with, as you mentioned, we have a topic list on our website. We have over 50 topics that we address on our website. So it could be things like my boyfriend broke up with me or he cheated on me and I don't know how to deal with that. Or my parents are really, um, you know, hard to talk to. And so we try to help them through that. Um, I lie too much. You know, there's so many different entry points that we will start the conversation. Anything that they're feeling, so much of our traffic comes from just people Googling their felt need. This is bothering me. So a lot of, you know, broken hearts and um, loneliness seems to be a big one. There's such a lack of community, I think, for people today. And so a lot of people chat because they're lonely. Mm. Um, I can I can resonate with all of that. Like, right, as a young person, even as a middle-aged person, right? Um, yeah. you have you have relationship concerns, um, you experience loneliness, you experience loss, um, you mm. reflect back and you recognize that you have unresolved um trauma. Um, you do experience depression or anxiety, uh, you know, all of these things. So we can, you know, we can as adults, I mean, even as mature adults, say, I totally one hundred percent recognize the need for this. Um, mm-hmm. lives are transformed. Lives are transformed um on the hope line. So I'm wondering if you can tell us one of those glory stories. Oh yeah. It is, you know, such the blessing of this job I get to do. That's hardly a job because it's just such a privilege to see lives transformed by the love of Christ. And we do get to see that all the time on the hope line. You know, it's such a great opportunity when they come and they start a chat with us and we can talk to them about what they're feeling and really just love on them, give them a place to feel heard and understood. But then pivot that conversation to, you know, what hope do you have? You know, what is anchoring your life? What is, what can you hold on to? And if they don't have any knowledge of Jesus, and so many people coming to us do not have um, any knowledge of um, who Jesus is and what he has done for them, we can share that with them and give them that hope to hold on to. And we see beautiful conversions. One story that comes to mind is we had a young um, girl chatting with us and she was struggling with sobriety and depression. And she just, she didn't know if she, what the point of going on living was. And we, that's where we started the conversation. The whole, our hope coaches are fantastic. And she, the hope coach was just really able to love her and get her to feel comfortable enough to share her true story. And she admitted for the first time ever that she had been sexually assaulted when she was 17 years old and how that was just still plaguing her, that trauma of her past. And they could kind of work through some of that and encourage counseling and encourage her to tell more people, you need to get your story out there. But also through the course of the conversation could share how God was with her and God had never abandoned her and God wanted a relationship with her. And through the course of that conversation, she gave her life to Christ and is a new person. Mm, Amen. Amen. Um, We are praising God today for the Hope Line. We want you to know about it, to check it out um, at thehopeline.com. We also just, I want you to have it available to share with young adults that you know um, so that they have a resource either for themselves or to share with others when, um, you know, when somebody is running low on hope or feels hopeless, we want people to connect um, with the hope that is available in Jesus Christ. So thehopeline.com. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen. We'll be back in just a moment for more with Jennifer DeYoung. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen. 
As you know, this is a rebroadcast of the live radio show carried on the Faith Radio Network. There's a lot going on at Faith Radio. Tons of free resources just waiting for you and for you to share with others at MyFaithRadio.com. How does that all happen? Well, it happens through listener support. So Faith Radio, Mornings with Carmen, all available because of listener support from listeners, well, just like you. If you're a supporter, thank you so very much. If you'd like to become a supporter today, just visit MyFaithRadio.com. And again, thanks for being a part of what we do every day at Mornings with Carmen. Are you tired of the problem? Are you ready to try the solution? That is one of the uh, invitations at thehopeline.com. If you click on it, it says there is a solution for whatever you're going through, but there are some things you need to know. Um, It's simple, but it's not easy. It requires you to be honest and open-minded. It works for those who are willing. Are you ready? Without God, you can't. With you, without you, God won't. Um, And it it just, there are so many um, wonderful resources here. As you continue to scroll down, it talks about, you know, the fact that we're broken and what that brokenness is and introduces the concept of sin. And um, if God is real, uh, you know, why doesn't he do anything to stop it? And then it talks about what God has done. Um, Do you ever feel like you're far away from God? Um, And there's the the beginning then of a conversation, right, of how God draws near to us in the person of Jesus Christ. Um, The Hope Line is uh, rich in resources, and and you can— You'll, you'll just never plumb the depths of all that's available here because this ministry has been around a long time, and, and I want you to be aware of of it for yourself, um, but also to pass along to others you may know who need hope. So Jennifer uh, DeYoung is here today. She works with The Hope Line at thehopeline.com. Jennifer, when you think about um, the, the challenges that young people are facing today, you think about uh, maybe the way the conversations have changed over time. I mean, you know, at one point, like live on the air, people would call in to the Dawson McAllister show in the middle of the night, sometimes high, um, you know, oftentimes bereft, and he would talk them through things. So this is this is that. It's just in a contemporary form. Yes, absolutely. Um, our founder, Dawson McAllister, really um has set up a great legacy in the hopeline.com now. We have been talking to troubled kids for over 30 years. We learned from Dawson and how he related to kids. And that's still all that we um, operate around today, like just meeting that teenager, that student, that young adult in crisis, and really being able to love them well in the name of Jesus and um, give them some straight truth. You know, Dawson was always good at that, really just getting to the heart of the matter and speaking truth into their lives. And sometimes it's hard to hear, but we've gained trust with them and um, we get to do that. So yes, we're just so grateful for um our rich history and um, how it's prepared us to do exactly what God has called us to do today. And that's to be a faith-based crisis line um, via the hopeline.com. I heard uh, an interview with now coach Dion Sanders. Um, Just, I just heard this yesterday and he talked about just this very point that young people, he calls them kids need truth. Truth is good for kids. We live in a lying society Everybody just wants to feel good, but that's actually not reality. Um, I think that this willingness to speak truth, this willingness to tell the truth, 
this willingness to acknowledge um, that life is difficult, that bad things happen, that we do bad things, um, that it's it's honest. And and young people, they, they crave honesty, even if we imagine that, um, you know, oh, it would be better to coddle them. Um, you, you all just know that that's just not true. How, how do young people respond when you tell them the truth? Yeah, there's a lot of different responses, um, depending on where that person's heart is at in that moment, right? And mm. so, you know, sometimes it's hard to hear and sometimes they can react um, angrily, but often they're like, oh, wow, nobody has told me that before. And that's what I needed to hear tonight. And, you know, and then that just opens the door for us to just speak more truth. But we do always, you know, just, they believe so many lies about themselves, about the world, about what they deserve. And for us just to clean up any of those lies that they believe now in a really loving, encouraging, um, you know, compassionate way um, and say, listen, you've been believing this for a long time, that you're not worthy of anything, that nobody Mm -hmm. loves you, that everybody hates you. That's not truth. And there's a God who loves you. In fact, he created you in his image and he loves you so much. And to just tear down all those lies they believe with the truth of God's word and doing it in a really compassionate but straightforward way at the same time. So who's doing this? Who are these hope coaches? Yeah. So we um, have hired paid staff hope coaches and um, they man the hope line for us um, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They um, go through pretty extensive training with the hope line to just um, learn how to have a conversation via chat, but also how to deescalate suicide, how to report abuse. Unfortunately, we do end up hearing so many stories of kids who have been abused or are actively being abused and we have to report those. So just a pretty in-depth training on how to do this. And they're just all of our hope coaches are people who are so passionate about students, young adults. They're so passionate about Jesus Christ and they come to this work just full of fire, ready to make a difference. It's so wonderful. Can we um can we pray for you, um, Jennifer? And and as we pray for you, can we will you just extend um our prayers to everyone that you work with at the Hope Line? Absolutely. Thank you so much. We love that. Absolutely. Father, we come before you, um, bearing up in our hearts and in our prayers, the hope line. You know every single um, person who is struggling today. And you also know the ministries that you have um, created and called and resourced to meet those needs, to meet people at their point of need and despair. And so we thank you for the hope line. We thank you for the hope coaches. We thank you for every single connection um, that has been made uh, over these 30 years. We thank you for the 10,000 chats that have taken place. And we thank you for um, the more than 1,100 suicides that have been prevented. Father, we come before you um, asking that you would bless the Hope Line today and each person who is engaged in this ministry, and that you would use us as conduits of this grace that you have given. Um, So thank you, Father, for what you're doing, and thank you for what you will do today um, through the Hope Line. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, Again, you guys can connect with Jennifer, and you can connect with the team at the Hope Line. Dot com. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen.
It's amazing how it's like a divine appointment sometimes where you happen to hear something that you exactly needed to hear that day. And it was like, that that was meant for me to hear today. And that's amazing. I was diagnosed with breast cancer two and a half years ago. And the verse that I was memorizing that week was on Faith Radio. And I heard it like three times in one day. And it was like, boom, that was very impactful. Do you have a, uh, a boom impact moment when the Lord spoke to you in particular through something you heard um, through a program on Faith Radio or on the Faith Radio app or online at MyFaithRadio.com? So we would like to hear that story. We would like to know your story, your boom moment, your wow God moment, your aha moment, that that story of when God used something you heard here to change you, to change uh, a relationship, to draw you to himself, to send you out in ministry, to change your outlook or your approach. What is your faith radio story? Would you be so kind as to share that with us at myfaithradio.com? We'd love to hear your faith radio story because we then want to turn around and share that story with everybody else next week during our fall fundraiser. Um, it's, it's, it's stories like that, like it's stories like yours. It's your story that actually will lead someone else to say, you know what, I want to see this ministry reach other people in the way that it reached this individual, this person. And so tell us your faith radio story at myfaithradio.com. Now I got a, a story from, well, the here, this is from listener Gay Harris, who texted in this morning and said, please, please, please tell everybody about the movie Route 60, The Biblical Highway. Um, you got to talk about it today because it's only available tonight. So it was it was last night and tonight. It's one of those fathom events. And so it is a documentary that's a walk through history and into the stories that you read in the Bible. It's uh, Mike Pompeo roaming around in Israel. Uh, and so uh, Gay says it's the best movie she's ever seen. So you can check it out at route60.movie. Yeah, again, it's a Fathom event, and it's only only tonight. So, yeah, if you don't already have plans for tonight, go check that out. Now, in the Lost and Found, um, in the Lost and Found segment today, we should start having a Lost and Found segment because, first of all, um, you know, Jesus came to seek and to save the lost, and we've been playing a game of of hide and seek with God since uh, the Garden of Eden. And so, if you're ready to be found. If you're lost and you're ready to be found, let me offer you Jesus today. But in today's Lost and Found segment, um, so the U.S. military uh, lost a $90 million fighter jet uh, the other day. Um, the uh, the F-35B Lightning II fighter jet, uh, its pilot ejected over North Charleston in South Carolina. He safely landed in somebody's backyard. But this stealth aircraft, proving to be super stealthy, was on autopilot, and it continued to fly, and they couldn't see it. They couldn't find it. They didn't know where it was. So they put out word to people, just random people, like you and me, the public at large. Hey, if you see our um, our airplane, could you let us know? It's an F-35B Lightning II fighter jet. Uh, yeah, well, anyway, they have found it. They have found a debris field about 65 miles from where the pilot ejected, uh, and it is in a stretch of 
farmland and what is des- described as swampland. So that sounds like South Carolina, parts of it anyway. Um, so there you go. It's going to take them days to dig it up. Um, but the uh, what was lost has now been found. So that is going to be our lost and found story for today. But it may lead you to be able to share with somebody your lost and found story. Because if you're a Christian, you once were lost, but now you're found. Was blind, were blind, but now you see. You have got a lost and found testimony. Could you share it with somebody else today? <sighs> yeah, you could use the lost and found story of the fighter jet as an entryway into that conversation. That might be a, a fun way to start. Hey, you've been listening to Mornings with Carmen. I love our time together. Thank you so much. You can share the podcast with somebody else from MyFaithRadio.com or on the Faith Radio app. We'd love it if you would do that. Have a great day and God bless. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Carmen LeBurge. Podcasts like this are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now. And thanks.